Welcome to Forgive Me Father. Here in the confession booth, we discuss how a certain aspect of life and church culture work together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help everyone understand each other more and create dialogue no matter what you've experienced or believe. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? I expressed doubts about church and the Bible. Attack on Titan's the only thing I've listened, watched in quite a while. But, you know, back in the day, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch this one called Wolf's Reign, um, which is real sad. Real sad. It's about, you know, you know, it's your basic story. You know, man has evolved into wolves and... <laughs> par for the course so far keep going <laughs> you know that same hollywood cliche that wolves and humans have 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 commingled actually i don't think it's about that um, twilight right i think what you watched was twilight <laughs> new moon <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's book number two of twilight yes <laughs> that's the eclipse moon nope. yes <laughs> you put two you put two of them in one my dude no, no eclipse, no waxing gibbous <laughs> twilights. Okay. <laughs> hey, Lalonde, know what the is. J.R. Tolkien. <laughs> Tolkien. Tolkien waxing gibbous. Also, I think twilight. I think it's J.R.R. I think there's Just, another R in there. Dude. I think you're talking about someone else. <laughs> no. I think you're talking about what? someone. Hold on. That's no, the guy that wrote Star Wars. No, you're thinking of no, George. No, it's Lord of the Rings. You're thinking of George R.R. R. Martin. Don't no, Google I'm pretty it. sure that's, that one's Star Wars. That's a that different one. That one's Star Wars. I was right. It's J.R.R. Tolkien, and he you wrote The Lord of the Rings. I'm talking about his his son, Junior. J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien, J.R. J.R. didn't. I'm pretty sure they wrote Harry Potter. That's Am I wrong? J- no, that's that's JK. That's that's, that's J.R. Rowling. Don't you be just kidding with me. I'm asking a serious question. <laughs> JK Rowling <laughs> <laughs> featuring Adele. We can't use any of this. <laughs> yes, we can. There hasn't been any cursing. You, dude, this. Anyway, man, God, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dude, Jesus be fired. All right, welcome back to Forgive Me Father. Season two, full swing, getting it going. We got AJ here. Don't know if you guys have been able to listen to her episode. Uh, if you haven't, go check it out. Really excited to have AJ on for this season, just to provide different perspective, different questions. Uh, AJ, how are you feeling about going into this season? I'm very excited, John fantastic tons of enthusiasm right out of the gate <laughs> i tried to sound like a like a news anchor you know what i mean just like a, like a regular co-host yeah. like and then uh back to you yes yeah, back so, uh, to back to john in the studio in the closet thank you aj <laughs> we're over here in the confession booth talking about sin and today's yes. sinner no uh <laughs> 
Today's topic of what we're talking about is having doubt. And what does that mean to have doubt, to be able to express doubt? And growing up in a church culture, what are the possible fears of expressing doubt? You know, being in a faith-based culture, sometimes having questions can be either encouraged or frowned upon. And my good friend, Tucker Winstonley, is here to talk to us uh, just a little bit about his experience and uh, share his stories and his knowledge and his uh, his expertise, everything Tucker. Hey, John, how's it going? All right, back to me in the confession booth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Tucker and I go, we go back. We were in college together. We were at Radford. What were you studying at Radford? Because I know you eventually you went to you went somewhere else for school and you did like audio engineering, right? What was like yeah. the technical study like focus at Radford? Because they didn't have audio engineering there. No, I was music business at Radford, but like you had to when you went there to do music. When I showed up for like uh, orientation and stuff, I accepted Radford and I was like, oh yeah, I got in the music program and I showed up for orientation. They're like, great, what's your instrument? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I have to play an instrument. Uh, <laughs> oh no, and oh, no. I was like, guitar, I will learn to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, great, your audition is in two weeks. And I was like, oh no. Um, but uh, so I did music business where I had to, my focus was guitar. Um, but I had to do like voice and all that stuff. I was supposed to be practicing music all that time in college. Are you a singer? Oh. No, thank you. Oh. Thank you though. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't say you were good. <laughs> thank I you so much. <laughs> Thanks for possibly considering it. <laughs> well, he said he had to practice with his voice. So I was like, oh dang, you devil in the, no. in the tunes. I did. I had to. You had to do like sightseeing and ear training, and I was in choir and stuff. But like, it was horrible. We were in choir together for a semester. Oh, that's right. Choir. You, you, and another friend that was in our campus ministry convinced mm -hmm. me and I think two other people to do it. And there were like five of us total in that men's choir class together, and we sang "O oh, Fortuna." Yeah, that was crazy. That song is yeah. crazy. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but wild because it's all Latin, right? Yeah, yeah. Some, I mean, who knows? No one knows. I don't think anyone knows. Can you guys give me a little sample right now? Like, do a little. Yeah, John, you go. Nope. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember going into that class and I was like, oh, yeah, this would be a lot of fun. Like, I'm a Spanish major right now. This would be a cool elective. I'm hanging out with my buddies. It's going to be great. First of all, it was one credit, so not even worth the amount of time that I put in it. I was also studying Spanish. So we got into that class and they said, oh, here's Latin. Mm -hmm. But not even like Latin that you can really understand, or like try to pronounce, because all I was focused on was the notes. So if I could like even hit anywhere near the note, it didn't matter if I was singing. Like, I don't even think I, what is it? Uh, enunciated any words in that whole song. I was just trying to match like the pitch of everybody else around me and definitely not be the loudest person. Mm. I, I remember I was a tenor two and I would sometimes be a tenor one and listen to my voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
that whole year I was just like, like <laughs> trying so hard to hit those notes. It was like horrible. I, he was a, the the teacher. I really did like that. Uh, I remember him being maybe a little problematic, but he no, maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> bail, <laughs> bail on the topic. <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, who was your teacher? If he, what are you in tenor? That's just insane. He was I like to nice. He was good. Yeah, no, he was super nice. He was super yeah. funny. I like to imagine that, like, they asked what part Tucker sang. And he got nervous. And you know how like when you get nervous sometimes <laughs> it's a little higher than normal. And uh, you know, they're like, So Tucker, what uh what part are you trying to sing in men's choir? Oh, anyway, you wanna put me? <laughs> like, and then they're just like ten or one. For sure. <laughs> that's that's real. I think at that time we were all just doing like that was in prime like Fallout Boy era. So everyone was like <laughs> I'm a tenor. <laughs> That's kind of my thing. Hmm? I can all sing. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Keep it up. <laughs> but uh, but no. So Tucker and I, we were in college together. We were in the same campus ministry together. And Tucker was one of the, I don't want to say one of the few people, but I can honestly remember thinking back. And if you guys are familiar with the podcast, Rachel Jacques, who did the first episode we she and tucker were two of the people that i felt most comfortable being around there was probably a group of five people out of a campus ministry of just radford university there's probably about like 20 25 people a campus ministry that had maybe 60 70 at that time like i had a group of five people that i felt like i could be genuinely myself with uh and tucker was always one of them uh so tucker and i had like I, what I consider to be a very, a very uh, authentic and fun and hilarious friendship. If you guys can't tell so far, we've just been Clearly. doing nothing but laughing. Um, <laughs> uh, so when, when it came time to talk to anybody about being on this podcast, talking about religious backgrounds, I think Tucker was one of the first people I thought of, um, especially coming into season two as well. So Tucker, thank you for taking the time to be on. Of course. No problem. Please. Thanks for ha- I, you called me or we you, we just chat. I forget when you told me you were thinking about doing this. And I was like, oh, that's such a I'm going to I'm going to listen. Oh, I almost cursed. I can't curse. I'm going to really listen to that one. <laughs> I'm going to really listen. To that one. I'm going to really listen. Oh, boy. <laughs> you wait. Uh, I was really excited about the idea because I just love love hearing people flesh out their their gripes or or what what boils their goose about religion you know yeah gooses gooses always getting cooked over something when it comes to religion you got geese (laughs) throw up with how hard i'm laughing you got geese you need to seek peace you know You, you, Rachel, and and a couple other people were like the the gang back then. Thank you for like I don't know, I I in that church especially I felt weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you guys were like just a legit friend group, and that was so essential, especially in college. Yeah, yeah, college was weird, and I think with. Just the culture, and not that it was ever like innately wrong within itself, but I think just the culture and the pressure that it had. 
um, to like reach out to people and, you know, make more Christians or, you know, what our old church called disciples. I think there was, there was a big heavy pressure to kind of like presentation was such a big factor and to have a group of people that you felt like you'd be genuinely authentic with was something that was really special and something that I, I definitely always look b- back on with fondness. I think there's some times where now being outside of church culture, I look back and I'm like, this was really trying or this left me a little bitter or, you know, all these different emotions. But I think some of my fondest times are literally just walking around campus and like, we were supposed to be talking to people about God, but then Tucker and I would just literally just like talk about anything and nothing all at the same time for like about 45 minutes and then we'd like get back and people were like, yeah, hey, so uh, how was it, what we called sharing our faith? They were like, how was, how was sharing your faith? How was reaching out to people? And we're like, oh, it was good. John, it was so real- good. Oh, so good. John shared, there was a person, John went up, he shared his faith with him. That was pretty crazy. And then was that, that was good. And then I went up to another person and John was like, you know what to do. So I did, you know what? I talked to him. <laughs> And then we like immediately try to get out of those conversations. Goes, <laughs> yeah. hey, so what's everybody doing for dinner? Are we going over to the Papa John's. Anybody got those campus swipes for us? <laughs> That's, right. That's right. But yeah, so Tucker, why don't you give it the listeners just a little bit of an idea since we've already talked about how we were in college. And, you know, <laughs> I think we'll be diving into that more and more mm-hmm. within this episode. But as of right now, uh, let the listeners in on, on what you're doing, where you're at. Just a little, little, little appetizer of Tucker. Uh, wow. <laughs> the best I got. An appetizer. That makes sense. They should be called that. It's a tease for the entree. That's right. I won't be derailed by this. Good try. Um, English major. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm derailed. It's over for me. <laughs> right now, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm 30 years old. I am freelancing. I guess I'm. I don't know. It's pandemic. I was let go from my job in April last year. uh, And I've been freelancing slash living off the government since then. Dang. Um, So, but no, so I do a lot of audio engineering and composition stuff now, as well as like a lot of podcasting things on the back end, mostly nowadays. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. What are you all doing? (laughs) (laughs) so for you tucker i remember Mm. you and i had a couple conversations back in when we were still in radford together uh just about you expressing doubts Mm -hmm. uh whether it was about god in general or whether it was about the church culture that we were a part of uh and different things like that so going along with the theme of of doubt when when did doubt first start happening for you? And I guess what were, did you have any innate doubts uh, that maybe grew over time or just ones that sprouted up? Yeah, I think it's something that I maybe had had my whole life, but it was like relatively unconfronted for most of my life. Just doubts that were kind of within my inherent faith uh, that, that I just kind of was given growing up. Like I was growing up Christian, uh, as as Christian as like anyone in the South could be (laughs) just like, you know, born into it. 
Yeah, born into it, went to church a couple times, but like, yeah, I know the name Jesus, but don't really ask me too much more. I, you, there's, don't, you know, don't, 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 uh, you know, sex, none of that, you know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, so I was like, kind of like what would be called like a lukewarm Christian growing up for the most part, which is someone that's like not, they're Christian, but like, whatever, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. it, not you don't know can't answer any trivia and then uh the the girl i was dating in college got shared with by uh the church that that you at the time were a part of and uh she kind of asked me to come to i think it was called devo devotional on friday nights it was it was devo which is more like uh how would you describe devo john yeah it was definitely more of a new so being a part of the campus ministry obviously you want to bring on campus students and friday night devotional sometimes we called it friday night live a spinoff of saturday night live and it was genuinely a time where we would have like a really short lesson and then mainly it was just like having a fun activity and a way for like us to start up conversations mm-hmm. with people who were visiting like people that you know other people within the church had brought out for the evening yeah okay i i didn't know that was actually a thing you were that was so that was like the the point was to invite people to that kind of yeah it was a time for a lot of the campus to get campus ministry to get together at the end of the long week you mm-hmm. know kind of refocus you know it was also a time to do something godly instead of partying um like a like a faithful alternative yeah so that was that was basically what it was but i mean honestly any activity was viewed as like get people out to this event you know like interesting always keeping your eye on when you know because it was almost every night so Mm -hmm. it was like oh they're only free on wednesdays cool we have our you know middle of the week service they're only free on fridays get them out to devotional they're only free on sundays you know in the mornings before they do homework sunday church so yeah yeah, no, that that lines up. And I yeah, the first one I came to was that. And then someone one of someone within the church asked me to uh, study the Bible. And so I that was the first time I'd really like I'd opened it up in the few church services I've been to. But that was the first time I'd really read the Bible. And my first like initial question was like, I like while I identified as Christian at the time, I was like really cautious around church uh because i had like friends within the lgbtq plus community uh and i was just like hey i know that this can be a real point of tension within the church and i'm not super down with that what what are y'all's beliefs and there was like a fairly like you know i think a for christianity a reasonable answer of like i don't think that that is something that was they were like we don't judge that we don't think that's for us to judge. Um, and at the time that was like enough for me mm-hmm. to, to keep going. But I think it was like, that was the first little kernel of like, I feel like I need, I feel like I need an endorsement <laughs> of, of this, of this lifestyle. I feel like it can't be like, you know, who knows, especially if it's like, I don't know why that was Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> It was like uh, it was Mickey Mouse with a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I feel like I didn't need 
I knew that I needed more than ambiguity on that. And that kind of like st- stuck with me over the, the next year or so that I really s- studied. And in and and this particular church was pretty serious about like, no, you need to be like sound in your faith because yeah. it was at the time, like I had, I think I had been baptized as a kid, but it was like, you need to be baptized within this church was kind of the, the verdict. And so in order to do that, you had to like prove kind I don't, I, I don't know how you would phrase it, but from the, at the time I was thinking of like, I need to prove that I am devout in some way to this. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty tough <laughs> to do when I had these lingering doubts, but I, you know, for the most part was able to wash this and that away. And uh, I forgot the question. So I'm just going to keep going until we get to the present. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> No, the I, it came to like the baptism and I remember something happened on that night where someone else that was baptized, there were like two of us that were baptized and, I, and that person, uh, it was like in a, it was it's wild to think about in the past, but it was like in a horse, I'm, the, this is common within the church, but I feel like every time I tell it, it's wild that it's in a horse trough outside in October is when this was in the mountains of Virginia. Couldn't be on a beach in, in June. Yeah, I was about to say, AJ, you look like you want to say something. <laughs> wow, that was that was the last thing I would have expected, personally. Right? Um, what? <laughs> it was, because because uh, it's framed as like I mean, I mean we're getting into it, but uh, it I mean it's if you are there, it's pitched to you as like I mean if you're hit by a car tomorrow do you want to have been baptized or not? And it yeah. was like, cause that's, that's the, the pitch is if you truly believe what this says, the Bible and you, you need to, then what are you waiting for? Yeah. Every day that you're not baptized is like kind of a risk. That's a day you haven't like pled your faith. Yeah. Interesting. And what the horse trough was always viewed as it was, it was viewed basically as a portable, baptismal so there were several times at radford we had the new river that flowed through uh near one of the parking lots at radford university and so sometimes people were baptized there um there was i think at the time we were still at had our own building so there was a baptismal there other times it was like if you were had somebody's tub that was big enough like at somebody's apartment or house we would use that uh, but a horse trough was literally basically at any given time, somebody in the campus ministry had a large pickup truck to carry this horse trough. They would usually keep it at the campus ministries. Like a lot of the campus ministry members lived in one big house uh, outside of Virginia tech. And they just ran the hose from the backyard, filled that horse trough up. Uh, and then, you know, baptism there and then like everybody in the campus ministry would just gather around at that horse trough well, at those guys houses not what i thought it was <laughs> yeah i mean that's just a glimpse into the culture though you know like how much yeah. it was like you know like if like what are you waiting for like, this is what you believe you, you feel like you don't have any doubt like let's go and i think to someone and tucker correct me if i'm wrong but to someone who does have questions uh 
even up to that point, you know, because I think as humans, we naturally have questions about things. We naturally doubt. That's how we grow. That's how we've figured out gravity. That's how we figured out space. You know, we've always had questions and doubts. Uh, sun at the center versus earth at the center, you know, yeah. uh, doubt and questions is how we've learned and, and grew both in that culture. It almost felt like you couldn't have any doubts whatsoever. And there was mm-hmm. like a pressure to like, don't, don't doubt Christianity to an extent, I guess. Does that make, does that resonate with you? Uh, yeah, no, there was this idea that you, well, like, so when you are studying Christianity, it is, you're, you're pulling all of your faith from the Bible. So you have to, there is some, like, you have to then say that what I believe is the Bible. And so this is true, even if it's something that doesn't like, isn't easy or something that I might not like inherently believe it's true. And so, so a lot of that, like the, with the troth and stuff is like, there is an urgency in the Bible of like, repent and be baptized. Uh, and if you don't do that, the thought is that you are uh, going to hell if you die. And that that thought also permeates how you share your faith. That is also like you it's that's why you like it's it's you know, it's 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 tough to look at people who believe these things that might fundamentally disagree with what we know as a society to be like fair, fair and equal, because a lot of times at their heart, they're operating out of no, you don't understand. I'm not I'm worried. I'm like, sincerely worried for you. (laughs) And it's, you know, it's not, it's certainly not right. (laughs) But uh, I think it's, it's important to realize that I think that's what the urgency comes from a lot of times. Anyway, that's a different topic. Um, (laughs) I, yeah, that horse trot, the, the, the other person that was baptized there that night, their hand the first time they were baptized, their hand didn't go in. Everything went in except for their hand. And um, I remember watching it and everyone applauds and cheers. And it was because it's, it's this very warm green. It's freezing. And so like immediately towels come out and everyone's like wrapped in there. Everyone hugs, this big group hug. It's very loving experience. And mm-hmm. then I just saw some of the people like kind of talking and like watching a video and them kind of being like their hand didn't go in, their hand didn't go in. And so they were like, we have to do it again uh, because your hand didn't go in. And there's some verses in the Bible that talk about full immersion. You have Mm -hmm. to be totally under the water. And then that was the point where it was like, oh, that's magic. We're not talking about religion. That's like where I need to have like water over me. And I don't, I know I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. I think like if, if there's a God that when you get to heaven, says man dad sucks about your hand (laughs) (laughs) then i'm just like send i'll thank you send me straight to hell i will pass on that thank you like you're like waiting in line and then you hear god say that at the pearly gates like (laughs) like a dude that's like five people ahead of you and you're like oh like uh you can take this spot i'm yeah it's like this is lame (laughs) (laughs) um no i think i have faith that if there is a god that that is not how that will be conducted i just feel like they're better i don't know that's that's where the doubt like really overwhelmed me was in a moment like that um Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that continued 
like I, I mean, I, that was obviously, I was baptized and then it was a little less than a year later. I, I actually left that church and, and moved and left the state. <laughs> and, and, uh, that's when I was confronted with another doubt of like, you know, this idea of if you die <laughs> and go to heaven, you have like two eternities presented to you, the, an eternity in heaven and an eternity in hell. Um, and to some, even some other, you know, Catholics or, or, or certain Mormon beliefs and stuff, it's like purgatory or different levels of heaven and stuff, but it's, right. but it's forever. And then I would just lay awake at night at like 2am being like, I don't want forever. I don't want like forever good or forever bad. I don't think I want forever. Like just at 3am being like, okay, it's like this, but it's times a billion, but also it's more than that. It's just keeps going. And what's worse is I can't get out of it. Like if I, like, I can't even at one point be like, I'm done checking out, still going, still got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that was like an inescapable horror, but that was just because <laughs> to casually throw it. That was just a, you know, what's the word inescapable horror uh, because <laughs> you know you know the one what's the word inescapable horror sorry yeah for sure uh, one word that's that's the one <laughs> seven <laughs> syllables uh but uh yeah that that kind of ice began to have doubts in fundamentally like the the principles of of religion and kind of even just the reality that i was presented with and it was like i don't a feel like I believe in this, but B don't feel like I can have these doubts and still be a member of the church. And that was quite an issue of a crossroads. Cause it also feels like these are things that challenge me in like a scary way. And I didn't feel like I even wanted to bring this up with people within the church because I didn't want to shake other people's beliefs as well, because I don't think it's evil or whatever. So I you, and I think even with you saying that, like you didn't want to shake other people's beliefs, were you scared to, to, was it more of a fear of you didn't want to express your doubt because you were afraid of how it would be received by like leaders or was it like a genuine fear of like, Oh, I don't want to express this doubt because what if other people start doubting and then there's just mass hysteria? I think it's, um, I mean, I think both, uh, it's certainly all, uh, both of that to a degree. I don't think it was like mass hysteria. I didn't think I was sure. like, I'm going to bring down the church. Uh, um, rock the system. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it to the man. I thought it was like, I don't know. It's, uh, you're asking people to grapple with a, an afterlife. And I felt uncomfortable because that's like a thing that I, I don't have an answer. <laughs> and I don't, there's a thing that people have a, a comfort in that I also have a comfort in, in certain ideas of that as well, still to this day, but I'm not looking to shake that because at the end of the day, I don't know. Um, yeah. And that was really scary to me that someone could have comfort in that or could have a relative that is going through stuff. Cause it like, it asks you to confront that with how you view every person uh, <laughs> goes on, which is uh, a, a big thing. But then, yeah, also within the church, there's the thought that, I mean, I was in the church when we were told we don't talk to this person anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that was, um, that was scary to witness. And then, like you said, 
because it is your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's your every day. A lot of times it's your, a lot of times it's your entire social structure. So to reject the church is to be pretty solidly alone. Yeah. Tough. Mm-hmm. You yeah. think they do that on purpose? To isolate you? You can be as honest as you want. I think, yeah. I think, and this is one of the reasons that I wanted to bring AJ into this season because I think there's a lot of, you know, I think with me having a very heavy church background, if I were to ask that question, I know for me, it's like, so do you think they really did this like conspiracy theory? Like what's up my guy. But I know that from AJ's perspective, it's a genuine question of like, do you think this was actually a tactic to, to, to shepherd people to stay in using, using fear? Yeah. And I know that not every church does that, Right. but I'm like, in your experience, did it feel that way that they did that to keep you in? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, like you said, it, that it isn't every church, but I think in this particular instance, I mean, some signs that I have learned to watch out for. <laughs> Red flags. If you will. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> if you are occupied every single moment and you don't have time to think about your doubts, that's a that's a bad news. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I think that, yeah, I, so I think tactics like that are, are in. Pfft. You're trying to say this in the most respectful way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I don't think that like, if you're in that situation, I don't think it's the person above you that thinks that. And I don't necessarily think it's the person above them, but I think someone along that chain knows exactly what is happening. And sure that is a, a tactic i mean to a degree it is worn on its sleeve of like yeah why do you want like you'll be challenged like why it, you're spending time with other friends what's going on there yeah like it, it, there's no attempt to hide it or, or anything and when i confronted them regarding those aspects they were like if you're asking me to convince you that that uh, that's not what we're doing here then you're you're already gone and it's like all right so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just to speak from my own experience yeah. and Tucker, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong or maybe attest to it, but even so as a leader within the campus ministry and within that church that we were a part of when people were thinking about like walking away or expressing, you know, a certain level of doubts. Cause I think there are different tiers to the level of doubts. Like, Oh, like it doesn't make sense why Jesus would blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Oh, well, if you read the scripture, you can see that yada da 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 and it's like oh we can write off that doubt you know mm-hmm. uh but then there's like the bigger doubts of like oh i don't know if what we're doing is right or i don't know if condemning somebody for an eternity makes a whole lot of sense uh as a leader it got to a certain point where we're like listen if you want to leave the church that is honestly your choice which made it seem like we were like welcoming to the choice but then the the next follow-up and I know because I received this when I was leaving, but then I also perpetuated this when I was a leader in the church was like, but what's going to be out there for you is sin and darkness and isolation. And it comes across super caring, 
But I think in a roundabout way, I feel super guilty nowadays because I see how it was almost kind of like manipulating fear to keep somebody in. Mm. Because it was like, oh, if you have these doubts and you want to leave because you're not being faithful, there's a cold, cold world out there. Yeah, I think that that seems to align with kind of my experience was that it it is like you either I I guess help me out because I I don't I don't know entirely like it it felt like from my perspective you could have doubts but you had to overcome those doubts you had logically not logically uh it, it felt like I it's like if you had a doubt that's fine you tell the person that like you were studying under that you had doubts but Mm-hmm. if in two months you still have those doubts, those same doubts, we need to have a, a more serious talk. It's like, it's not like you're going to have these, like these like uh, kind of under the water doubts for a really long time. It's like you are brought to confront them. And if you can't overcome them, then maybe this isn't for you. And I don't think it would ever come to like, no, I don't think anyone would ever be like, I think you should leave the church, but I think it would, it might end up being like, no, like you need to get past this. And like this pushing of like, I don't know, I, help me out. What do you, what's, what's your perspective on this? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you that if you had doubts, I think you're right. We met it with, all right, well, let's overcome that doubt. Let's mm-hmm. overcome that. And we would always say this lack of faith, this faithlessness, this disbelief. And the first time you bring it to to somebody who was a leader, it's like, okay, like, yeah, let's, 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 let's dig into the scriptures, you know, let's dig into the Bible and let's look at this certain thing that talks about, you know, whatever it might be. So like, let's, the hottest topic of, of the world right now is homosexuality in regards to church, you know, but people ask about homosexuality, like we, Back in the day, we would turn to like certain books in Genesis where it's like, oh, a man lay with another man and God, this angered God, like, does that make sense? You know, and it was the expectation of like, oh, that makes sense now. Like I can move forward faithfully. Like now I no longer doubt that homosexuality is wrong. But to your point, if somebody came back again, two months later, three months later, and was like, hey, I'm still really wrestling with this. It was met with, well, why are you so faithless about this? Like, we've already told you, like, what's in the Bible. We've already shown you what's this. Like, what's what's really holding up your your heart? What's hardening your heart to these facts? What What's got you so guarded towards the Bible? And it was either two things. And it pains me to talk about this, like, knowing that this is something that I did to other people. But it was, it was usually two things. It was, one, why are you so faithless about this situation? Like, do you just not want to believe? Like, you just that sinful and obstinate or two what's really going on in your life like why are you using this doubt to probably cover up some other Mm. sexual sin like you're over having like going to parties and doing these different things and it was almost like it was almost like a red herring to distract you from your doubt to get you to be focused on something else uh Mm. and to address like oh like yeah this is just innately wrong with you like if you have doubts, you're faithless and faithlessness is a sin. That's in Romans or sorry, not Romans revelation. I think it's revelation 21, 21, eight and nine. Um, but 
even if we couldn't tie it down to that, it's like, okay, well, and there's obviously some other sin that's making you a little dissentious in the way you think. So doubt was, was almost never accepted unless it could be conquered within that first state of, of questioning. That is crazy. They like turn the tables on you. <laughs> oh, we were. Yeah, oh, how I the mean, turntables. Oh, how the turntables have. Rolling in the deep, you know. <laughs> JK. <laughs> JK Simmons. That is wow. I'm speechless. I've always I've always wow. heard stories of that happening, but never like a like a personal, like a person in my immediate circle experiencing that. Like it's always been like on Netflix or something that I've heard, or like it's like some sort of show. And I'm like, oh wow, that's like a thing. And then uh, hearing this right now that this has actually happened to someone that I know is like bonkers bananas. <laughs> Bonkers bananas indeed. <laughs> <laughs>